Yo, today's QOD is never complain about something that you're not willing to change. Here we go. Quote of the day show. I'm your host, Sean Croxton at SeanCroxton.com. We got Inky Johnson on the show today. And today, Inky's going to share a couple stories about the power of shifting your perspective. And he's also going to talk about complaining. Like, are you complaining about things that you have the power to change? It reminds me of that story that Les Brown tells about the guy sitting on the porch with his dog. And his dog is laying there next to him, but the dog is moaning. And another guy comes by to talk to the guy on the porch. The guy says, hey, what's up with your dog? Why is your dog moaning? He says, oh, he's laying on a nail. And that's a lot of us. A lot of us are just laying down on nails and we're moaning and we're complaining about things when we have the power to get up off the nail. So this is an encouragement to check in with yourself. What are you complaining about? And for that thing that you're complaining about, do you have the power to create a different result? Do you have the power to influence it? And if you do have that power, make the choice today to do something about it and to get off the nail. Inky Johnson's coming up. My question was always, could I become committed to the process of what I was doing without being emotionally attached to the results of what I was doing? In other words, if I didn't get what I thought I was going to get, can I still show up and be just as dedicated, just as committed, and just as on fire as I was at day one, right? Because everybody knows how to respond when they get what they're supposed to get and things go the way it's supposed to go. I think that's the reason the quote says you judge the character of a person not by where they stand in times of comfort and convenience. You judge the character of a person by where they stand in times of challenge and controversy. You got some of the most brilliant people on the face of this planet. When they hit adversity, they can't fight themselves out of a paper bag. And it's not even that they don't have the will, like they got it. It's that the perspective about the adversity isn't right. And I firmly believe perspective drives performance every day of the week. How an individual view what they do will always affect how they do what they do. And so I went to my cousins and they were like, Inc., we want to go to the NFL, but we can't play organized sports. I was like, cool, let's just start practicing in the street. It's like, street? I'm like, yeah, you said you want it. It's like, yeah, we don't want it like that. I'm like, yeah, but if you want it, We could just practice in the street every single night until we get the opportunity to do it on grass. Let's just go light pole to light pole. It's simple. If we want it, we will commit to the process of it. They're like, all right, cool. We start doing it in the street every single day, bloody, scarred up, getting after it, right? Until one night, a blue pickup truck came down the street and it changed our life. And we're in the street every night. Street lights pop on 10 minutes before we got to go in the house. And a blue pickup truck is coming down the street and I'm waving the truck by. And I'm like, come on, man, I got a couple moves I want to put on these young jokers before we go in the house. And the guy's driving extremely slow. And he gets out of the truck, and it's the first white guy we ever saw in our neighborhood. Drug dealers are running. They think the guy's the police. Guy's the nicest guy in the world. And he walks over between the game, and he says to us, would you all like to play football on grass? I'm like, brother, I would love that. This street getting rough. 
right? She said, go in the house, get your parents. Let me talk to them. My mother was at work. My mother worked a double shift at Wendy's from the time I was a kid to the time I was in college. I went and got my uncle, JJ. I said, will you please come and talk to this gentleman? Uncle said, sure. Uncle came outside, got extended his hand. He said, hey, man, my name is Trey Hirsch. He said, I don't even supposed to be over here. Dropped the kid home after practice, couple blocks over. I was just leaving the neighborhood. I see these knuckleheads playing tackle football in the street. He said, I run a program across town. I think if you bring the boys out, sign them up, be a great opportunity for them, it could really help them. My uncle responded, sir, we greatly appreciate it. He said, but I hate to inform you, we just don't have the money for anything like that at this moment. The coach, without any hesitation, says, I tell you what, you bring them to the park tomorrow, I'll sign them up, I'll pay for it with my own money. I tapped my cousin's leg. I said, man, he hasn't even seen my spin move yet, man. So what type of guy is this, right? And he hadn't seen us play. And the next day, my uncle brought us to the park, and I would soon find out he wasn't just paying for me and my three younger cousins. He was paying for kids all across Atlanta, right? And I was intrigued by it because nobody had ever done anything for us like that. But I wanted to understand what drove him. He had a company, had a successful construction company. He didn't have to be a little league coach, Right? And so I wanted to understand what made you sacrifice for others the way that you sacrificed for others when you didn't have to sacrifice for others. And I'll be in the park 9 p.m. running, right? Doing drills, chasing his dream to go to the NFL. Mother pulling up, got her car lights on. I'm out there doing the W drill, right? Running laps, waiting on her to get off, right? Until one night she said to coach, I can't make it. Can you please take Inky home? And we're riding in his truck and we get to my house, 125 more. And I get out of the truck, and he says to me, all right, Inc., I'll see you tomorrow at practice. I said, all right, Coach, can I ask you one question? He said, sure, Inc., what you got? I said, I'm not trying to be disrespectful. Opened his door, got out of his truck, walked around, stood directly in front of me. He said, son, I love you. First man to ever tell me love me. He said, what you got, Inc.? I said, why do you live life the way that you live it? He said, I'm going to share something with you, and I don't want you to ever forget it. And then the simplicity was yet profound. And all he said to me was, as long as you can live your life and make sure that somebody else's life is okay, he said, son, your life will always be okay. And he got in his truck and he left. And he would preach to me every morning, submission of ego, submission of pride. And when he said it in that moment, it made me realize, man, if I can annihilate my ego and my pride, not the pride that I represent my family every day and my legacy is on the line, right? Or my career that I'm attached to, not that type of pride but the pride that allows the individual's emotions to overpower their intelligence. The pride that comes before the great fall, like it says in a good book, the pride that comes before the great fall that destroys everything. If I can destroy that and annihilate that, when I face levels of adversity and opposition that stop most people, I will supersede them, not because I'm something special, but my perspective about what I'm going through will be different and I'll be able to process it differently, but most importantly, use it to add value to the lives of others. And when he said it, it, it hit me in such a way to where I love the, the element of football to where when my guys got tired and I could go to him and say, brother, rent my passion if you're not strong enough to possess your own. Like playing on Saturdays, it was cool. But what I miss about the game, I miss the fact that I was a part of something with a group of people and what we were working for was greater than any one of us. I miss that element of it. I miss when we showed up and said, brother, X's and O's don't matter. It's about the Jimmys and the Joes. It's about the people. 
right? I missed that element of it. When we show up at 5 a.m. and had to run 131 tens starting at 5 a.m. and guys would get on the line and complain, 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 run 131 tens, come break it down, complain, complain, go into the locker room, complain, complain. And I would say, why come into an environment, complain about being in an environment, but still do the work? I said, if you don't care that much, go home. I said, but most importantly, let's make a pact. Let's never complain about something that we're not willing to change. We're sitting in lockers, and guys are complaining, and they got their own AC unit in the locker. Like, you got your own AC unit. You get brought shoes, right? You got gear. You got a barber. You got a smoothie section. And you're complaining because you're getting put outside of your comfort zone, and you're complaining because something that you asked for, and now you're being pushed to the limit for greatness and excellence, and you didn't know what you signed up for, and so now you don't want it. So it was never about being the greatest and pushing yourself to it. Now it's about your validation and you getting what you want. And then you see guys start dropping like flies, quitting. Mother sacrifice, work two jobs to put clothes on their back, food on the table, to quit. You see guys say, man, this is what I want. Get to college, quit. And I watched a cornerback one day, and he was about to quit. I'm like, I'm sick of this, man. I'm not letting another guy on this team quit while I'm here. And he come into the locker room, prima donna. He's throwing his gear into his bag, little prima donna. I quit. I let him get done with his theatrics. Turned around, I said, man, tell me you're not about to quit. He said, yeah, ain't come about to quit. I said, why? He said, I can't take the way coach is talking to me. I said, how old are you again? I said, you're not eight, right? He's like, yeah. I said, when did you start playing? He said, when I was a kid. I said, coach wasn't present when you was a kid. When you were a kid, it was about pure passion and pure love for what you wanted to do. He's like, yeah. I said, so this is about validation. This is about when you do what you're supposed to do, you want somebody to say, oh, you did it right. Here's a cookie. Right, yeah, yeah. You can check into the hand and give you a warm cookie. Right, this is about validation. Right, this is not about preserving your legacy and everything you touch. You do it in such a way that they say, if it's going to be done, that's the way it should be done. This is about when people try to disrespect you and you say, man, I'm not even playing an ego game with you and I'm not letting you put me on an emotional roller coaster. I'm going to still give you excellence when I'm in your presence, right? I can't go to my son's game and I'm mad at somebody because I'm involved in an ego war and I'm trying to cheer for my son, but I'm mad at some. I can't, I can't put forth excellence in that way. It's not about that. Every single day, my legacy is on the line. Every single day, when somebody see my son one day and he introduces himself, I want them to say, son, you're good because of what your father stood for. They said he asked Coretta Scott King a question years after Martin Luther King passed, and the question they posed to her, Sean, was, why after he died, why didn't you ever remarry? She said it's easy to be an automatic downgrade. And so when I look at a person, I'm like, man, you look great, but is it easy to replace you? Like with the energy and the passion that you bring into an environment, the trip part about life, it's people that's been going away from the world a year. And people are like, man, he's dead. I didn't even know he was dead. And then it's people, if they're not in your presence for 30 minutes, you're like, man, somebody go find Jason. Somebody go find Sarah. Because of the energy and the passion and the zeal that they bring into an environment. The thing that grinds my gears is when you see people, like people tend to complain and not appreciate things until they almost lose them. Or when you see somebody, they show up in an environment and they count the hours and they don't make the hours count. 
or you see people and they don't realize somebody that woke up this morning, they're not going to live to see the night. Right? You see it all around. Life is happening. Adversity is happening. And you see people that just walk around, and because of success, they feel as if I can't get touched. Right? They feel as if nothing can happen to me. And I told a kid, son, wake up, call. News flash. Life touches everybody. I said, I can guarantee you how strong you are, how beautiful you are. I can guarantee. My grandmother told it to me this way. Inky, either you're in the midst of adversity, just came out of adversity, or you're about to head into some adversity. So you better be prepared for it either way. That was Inky Johnson. His website is inkyjohnson.com. You can watch today's talk on YouTube. It is called Inky Johnson. I drive logistics. Commit to the process. All right, my friend, we got Bob Proctor on the show tomorrow talking about the law of compensation, which decrees that your income is a reflection of three things that Bob is going to reveal tomorrow. See you then. Have a great day. Peace. 